Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to help us have more powerful conversations with ourselves and others. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson, and I, I'm so excited for our guest this week. This is somebody who our paths crossed in a training a while back, and we just knew we needed to be in conversation together. And then once I learned more about her, I was like, we need to have her on the show. So joining us today, our guest this week is Carolyn Donnelly, and we're going to be talking and extending some of the conversations we've already been having around burnout, specifically exploring leadership burnout, um, other types of burnout, but also just how as organizations or even in our personal lives can we prevent burnout. So here's a little bit about Carolyn. Carolyn Donnelly is the CEO and founder of Carolyn Donnelly Consulting, a certified minority and woman-owned small business focused on preventing and mitigating workplace-related burnout through leadership coaching, training, and organization consulting. Carolyn is a professional certified coach through the International Coach Federation and earned her Master's of Science in Organizational Development from Pepperdine University. She has over 20 years of federal and private sector experience in leadership development, employee engagement, organizational consulting, and leadership and executive coaching. Carolyn knows firsthand the impact of burnout on high-performing leaders through her personal experience and her extensive work with leaders. She also knows how to help leaders identify and address the root causes of burnout. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. I am so glad to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm glad that we can make it happen. I know we were, you know, we we're messaging and then I would, for, I think I dropped the ball yeah. and then I was like, wait, I need to have her on. <laughs> like, we, we need to make this happen. Yeah. What, um, what else do you want people to know about you? Um, I, I think probably the biggest thing is that I am, um, I'm also a mom. Right. Mm. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, um, I'm a sister, um, and uh, an artist. Uh, there's so many dimensions to the who I am uh, that I think that the work stuff captures just a little bit of it, but then there's mm. there's more. So those are those are those are all the things that I, I think would be beneficial to know. I love that. And that's so, so aligns with I know the work you do. And we'll get into that uh, as well in our conversations, just exploring the idea of identities and how do we expand those. So I'm always curious to know first, just what was your journey to doing this work? Because this isn't, you know, <laughs> it's not like when you're in second grade and the teacher's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be a leadership burnout expert. Yes. That's what I want to be. Yes. So, so what was your path to doing this really important work? Yeah. Um, I would say that the the first time that I encountered burnout was um, was actually in my twenties, and mm. um, you know I I graduated college and did all of the you know did the, the traditional thing of I went and got a good paying job and um, began climbing the corporate ladder and I mean I I loved my job to the point where I would joke with people and I would say you know um, I, I kind of wish they had cots in the basement so that then I, <laughs> that's when you know you're in trouble um, but I was like yeah I kind of wish they had cots in the basement so that then you know on my like breaks between like you know they would have like the we would we would work these split shifts it was a, it was for a bank and um, we would work these shifts where you know you would work until noon um, and then you could go and, you know, exercise or do whatever uh, in the, you know, in the mid midpoint. And then you would come back, you know, at like five o'clock and then work until nine. I mean, it was it was an That's insane time. And so yeah. I was like, 
why go home or do anything else? I could just sleep in the basement. Um, and, um, and really climb the corporate ladder. Um, I, you know, got all the way to the point where, you know, I was, um, leading a team and had gotten promoted several times. I was one of the top performers, like all of the things were kind of coming together. And I'm like, yes, this is what I'm, you know, made to do. And um, I remember one day, one of my leaders kind of came to us and they said, we love the way that your brain works and, you know, the strategies you can come up with. And so therefore, we'd love for you to go and take this job in this other city um, in order for you to kind of utilize your skills in that way. I was excited because <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> um, and the thing that I didn't know was that that um, would lead to an hour and a half commute both ways. And um, uh. it would take me away from, you know, my community and the people that I um, that would I, I would rely on and be able to, you know, depend on when things got rough and all of those things. And it would mean that I would be getting up you know, super early, coming home super late, just all of the things, just all of the things. And mm. work became like my entire life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, it got to the point where literally I couldn't focus. And I was mm. so exhausted emotionally, mentally, physically, that um, I, I literally remember one time I would I would uh, I would call my mom in the in the middle of the day and I'd just be like, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do this. I can't focus. And I'd be mm. like missing from work. Um, I would mm. physically be there, but I'd be wandering in the basement. I mean, that's sure. when, you know, this is not good. Um, yeah. My boss identified, hey, this is something that's uh not working. And so what we'll do is um, I think that we will go ahead and um, we are going to uh, we're going to have you go back to where you were. And um, and and so that's what that's what they thought was going to be a good fix um, and uh, sent me back to being a people leader. And um, and even that, you know, that changing mm -hmm. of the jobs, it, it didn't work because of the fact that I was I was crispy. I mean, I was. Yeah. I was completely crispy. Um, and so uh, I feel like the pivotal point for me when I recognized that something wasn't quite working, I had an employee who came to me uh, one day and he said, hey, you know, I am um, I'm really, really stressed. I'm experiencing some um, IBS issues, irritable bowel syndrome issues, mm -hmm. and I, I think I need to take some time off. And I did what I thought any good leader uh, should do. Is, and I said, oh, my goodness, absolutely. Take all the time that you need. Go do what you need to do. Um, um, but that was the extent to which I could have a conversation with that, that mm -hmm. person. And so I feel like my work kind of came out of both – me knowing and understanding, like, how do you have a conversation with your leader when you are stressed and burnt out? And then teaching yeah. other leaders how to do the exact same thing, because, you know, the the person who sent me back never had a conversation with me about, hey, so, you know, we're noticing some stuff. What yeah. do you need? Yeah. You know, none of that. And I didn't know how to have a conversation with my employee about, like, what were the work things that were causing stress or, you know, potentially contributing to it. So that's kind of yeah. the impetus of my work. I, there's, well, there's so much that like feels very familiar too for me yeah. and also just like resonant. I feel with stories that I've heard, you know, that 
so much of our 20s is proving yourself and what you think it means to be an adult and what you think it means to be a good worker and right and being rewarded and feeling valued and a worth because you're achieving something and it's exciting Mm -hmm. and and you just think that's what it is um and uh your your point your point about that not having the language or being able to have that conversation i mean i mean people still struggle with that absolutely you, you know and i and that's that's um yeah you know and it's it, it, i have so many gosh I, I have so many questions for you mm-hmm. so okay so let's start <laughs> I'm curious to know because I was just having I was just having a conversation the other day with a, a chief well-being officer of Deloitte, mm-hmm. Jen Fisher, mm-hmm. and she and I were chatting about the fact that like ten years ago it was like no one was talking about burnout, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so I'm curious to see what have what has been your shift because I I definitely have had moments of extreme burnout. Yep especially when I was younger and I didn't realize that's what it was. It was just always, Sarah, you're working too hard or, you know, you're too hard on yourself or whatever the case is. And for me, it wasn't until I started to realize that I was questioning myself, that something didn't feel right. Like I was achieving, but I didn't feel good about it. I had a lot of self-doubt. I was exhausted. I wasn't seeing my family, right? All, all of those things. So I'm curious, just, you know, from, from your world and vantage point of doing this work, what do you, what are the shifts you've seen? Um, You know, sort of because I'm taking a bit to get here, but I think sometimes I, I think we're further along than we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly think that some of the shifts that I'm seeing is that people are, so tired uh, that they can't fake it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in addition to that, I think that because it's kind of a collective kind of thing that like you, 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 you I think that the p- pandemic obviously, you know, had a significant, um, a s- significant uh, uh, a kind of uh, footprint, right, on this whole thing, because I think that it made it so that, you know, folks were in their their homes and uh, that created a, the conditions for a lot of loneliness. And then work mm-hmm. began to, you know, encroach on that home time. And so therefore, the all the all the lines and the things that we talk about about lines kind of being uh, kind of blurred and crossed and all of these things and I think that it just kind of exacerbated this underlying sense of I don't have the connection and community that I need in order to really support myself but also that you know perhaps some of the skills weren't there that um, that would 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 give us what we needed in order for us to create those boundaries and do the things that we needed to do in order to kind of like stave off a little bit of the um, the the stress that we were feeling. And so I think all of those things kind of in combination began to kind of create the perfect storm. And then people just got tired of kind of putting on the mask. And mm-hmm. because I mean, you were seeing their their children running around. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like it was mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. so this is this is what we're doing. Such a great point. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's 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 let go of the mask and let's have let's have let's try to have a real conversation about what's really happening because otherwise, I, I can't explain this, all this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that um, that's why I was 
so excited to have you on the show because you're, I mean, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and you're bringing in things that I uh, haven't encountered in my readings or in my other conversations with people. Um, You know, the, that idea of just getting tired of wearing the mask and, and on some level, being normalized and okay to do that, mm-hmm. right? Because um, everyone was in it, even the top leaders Absolutely. who w- were usually in this th- their little corner office in their cushy couch or whatever. Um, and and it's interesting because it's it's like I found for myself. I'm like I just I just don't have time for bullshit anymore. Nope. In in a way that I never felt before mm-hmm. and also in a way of I just want real and honesty and I don't think that I'd ever um you've given me a real gift right now of I I felt that mm-hmm. and I see that and then what I see and I'm curious to hear from you is what I'm seeing is there's some leaders who are like we need to go back to how it was. Mm. We need to go back to not talking about our feelings. We need to go back to putting the mask on and people are like no yeah i i don't want to or i i can't and and i and i feel like and i'd be curious to get your thoughts i don't feel like unless you're in the field unless you're in psychology or paying attention to this i feel like so many people are uh, what i'm observing and people we're working with is they're like we're quote unquote back to normal but they're like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm more tired. And I don't think we understand the real consequences of the, the, the trauma of the pandemic, the trauma of the racial reckoning, Absolutely. the trauma of the political divisiveness yeah. that tore apart families, mm-hmm. the trauma of war. Yeah. And then depending on where you lived, because we've experienced this, the trauma of severe weather conditions yes. where you're like, what is happening that we're having tornadoes all the time in a way we never did before. Um, but I feel like there's this disconnect mm-hmm. of people like, no, but we're like, we're back to normal. Yeah. So, cause we're going to the stores without masks. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't feel mm-hmm. quote unquote normal. Yeah. I don't feel like I did before all of this. Yeah. And, you know, and the reality is like, I think it's because of the fact that we haven't embraced the gift of, what um all of what we've been through has been trying to give us instead Mm. we are we are numbing ourselves to not Mm. go there because i think to embrace the gift and by by that i mean and i'm I'm, you know the gift or opportunity right so to embrace that is to be able to sit with the fact that um the pandemic and all of these things really unearthed a lot of stuff that was buried and that we didn't necessarily want to deal with and that mm-hmm. um that now that it's kind of like a little bit more uncovered that we have to sit with it and figure out what do we want to do with it. And I think that takes a level of work that if we're not willing to kind of like dig in and do some of that work, it makes it so that the gift of kind of some realizations and learnings and like deliberate decisions about our lives 
and making switches and, and moves in a different direction of growth. That doesn't happen because of the fact that we won't kind of reckon with all of the stuff that's been happening. We won't sit with it long enough in order for mm. it to, to really um, have that transformational kind of power on us. And I think that's mm. the, that's, that's what, that's what's happening. That's, um, <sighs> yeah, I'm just gonna like pause and reflect on every time you talk and just sit with it a minute. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot, um, is, our companies, organizations, right? Whether it's a, you know, retail or government or technology or whatever the industry, I've probably have heard from a half a dozen clients lately that they said we were just in survival mode for so long we don't even know how to shift out of it. Yeah. Um, and and or to your point, or they're trying to shift too fast yeah. and not. And not have a process. And and so I'm curious, you know, uh, what would you say to leaders who are like, we've just, we literally were, how do we keep the lights on? How do we keep offering our services? How do we keep food coming or whatever, whatever our focus was? How do we, sh how do we, what does it look like to sit with it as a team? Yeah. And then what does it look like to sit with that as an individual yeah. or vice versa? Yeah. I think that there's a level of acknowledgement um, that kind of uh, needs to happen, right? Because I think that before we uh, get to the place where we're like, all right, and so we're pivoting, um, <laughs> which is what we're what we're trying to do is we're like, all right, so it's done and we're pivoting. Yeah. Um, instead of doing that, right, we need to acknowledge the what was right, the mm. the where we've been. Mm. Uh, and I think that that really takes this, both the acknowledgement of the the events, right, but also the acknowledgement of the feelings associated with what we went through, uh, or what we, you know, what we walked through, um, and being able to sit with how that has shifted or transformed the way that we're thinking, right? Because I think that that kind of like pulls it all the way through so that we're grabbing the nuggets inside of the learnings inside of all of this um, and being able to sit with how it's changed us. So I, I think that that piece is the piece that that needs to have a have a conversation um, because without the acknowledgement pieces of like, man, this was tough on multiple levels for us. Right. Without that, then I think it makes it really hard for us to move forward. And I think that's that's what the disconnect is where most people are getting stuck is because we're literally trying to move forward without the acknowledgement piece. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the other thing that I that I that I would expand on that that I've seen is also um, strangely for some people a sense of loss because they some Absolutely. people were like we we were in it together. Yep. Right. Like we weren't in our silos yeah. and now we've gone back to our silos yeah. and I don't know how I like that. And I think that's such a powerful um, practice of acknowledging what was yeah. and to shift and go. So what so how has it changed us? Absolutely. Good, bad or otherwise? Mm -hmm. What do we want to hold on to? Yes. What do we want to let go yes. of? And instead of just like. Right. We're going to do a sharp pivot. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, we're not, yeah. we're different. We're different. It's not even that we're bad. We're just, 
we're we're different and um and I and, and I wonder I do wonder what role that transition mm-hmm. both that emotional transition and that need to be really intentional is playing on particular particularly people in leadership but obviously everyone um and and how that's just like another drain on the battery yeah. right it's just like another I feel like there's just a lot of apps open yes yes <laughs> um and in people's brains and bodies and the you know they might not realize it, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I see it. Gosh, I see it. Yeah. I feel it sometimes, mm-hmm. but I see it yeah. in folks. Yeah. And I, and I wonder whether or not there's an opportunity. I, I, and, and so a part of my work is making space for that by saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that then opens um, a door for other people to be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> and... It allows them to be able to to have permission to be able to say, and what does this need to look like for me uh, in order for me to be able to um, to kind of do this to your point, do do some stuff individually and also be able to create pockets of like, you know, connection with others in this, Um, because I think that that that's also another piece that's really important is the fact that you know, in inside of some of this, um, we felt alone and inside of some of this, we felt some level of solidarity because it was just like, you know, we're in this together. Can we, can we, can we pull through to the other side that, that sense of I'm not alone, you know? Um, so, so yeah. There's so much, there's so much we can dig into this. One thing that I'm curious about, just building off of what you said, um, how how do you how do you approach and how do you work with companies who have chosen to stay hybrid or remote fully because that idea of building connection right in some ways we lost it in other ways with some people we felt even more connected and i know one of the one of the most consistent traps i'll call it yeah. that i see organizations fall into is that the communication and the interactions are so much more transactional. Um, That's the risk anyway, if they're not the people, the companies that are doing it really well, the teams that are doing it well, understand that there needs to be time for personal connection, there needs to be time for just like, how was your weekend, Mm -hmm. there needs to be time for bonding, whereas sort of like worst case scenario, we're literally just hopping on a call, we're talking about some business, we're hopping off the call, and then there's there's none of that connection. So how do you how do you approach or what, you know, what do you suggest that people in those situations or leaders in those situations, whether it's like formal leaders or informal leaders think about and what are things that you help them do differently? Yeah, so I, I really try to encourage them to um, there, there was a book and I cannot remember it. You can always send it and we can add it in the right? show notes. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. And what I loved about this book was it it actually spoke to some specific things that leaders can do in order to be able to bring those types of things into like meetings. Right. Um, mm. And it was things like um, being able to have like certain um, certain questions that they start like a meeting with that, you know, there 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 are these things called like connection cards. Um, mm. Right. And mm. um, they mm-hmm. pick a card and, you know, they that's the that's the the um uh that's the question for the 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 meeting and it it can go in uh 
different levels of depth, right? It can go from like super, super shallow, um, like uh, one thing that people, you know, um, don't know about you, but but should um, to uh, um, a, a deeper level thing where it's just like, what is like one thing that you um, that you uh, are scared to do, but know that it would mm. if doing it, you know, you, it would change your life, right? Mm. Like levels of depth like that. Um, and so it kind of gives you a pick your own kind of journey, uh, depending on the type of team you have, et cetera. Um, and just gives you this opportunity to be able to bring these different parts of ourselves into the room and into the conversation so that you can have those aha moments about, oh my goodness, I had no idea that you, you know, <laughs> snowboarded on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like have those like those connection points for folks so that then, um, you know, they can have those conversations afterwards. I would also, I think other things are things like, you know, um, walk and talk kind of meetings where, mm-hmm. um, even virtual walk and talk meetings, right. just on the phone, right? uh, where, you know, we are, we, we are as a team, um, leaving behind the computers, getting on our phones, taking a walk out in nature, and we're together in that and just having that opportunity to be together, not together, uh, mm-hmm. in a shared um, experience of being in nature, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and so I think that there are many different ways that we can, um, we can foster connection, even in hybrid and, you know, remote kind of um, scenarios. But what it takes is it takes a recognition that that is something that is needed. Mm-hmm. It takes an understanding of what the absence of that does to teams and individuals. Mm-hmm. And it takes a willingness to lean into um, a, a bit of a vulnerability, right? Uh, in order for us to be able to say this is something we haven't been doing uh, that we need to do, and we feel we see value in this, and we're willing to continue to lean into the discomfort of doing things differently in order for us to have a different result. So that's kind yeah. of some of the stuff that's coming up for me. Yeah, that point you made of, you know, not not just understanding that it's needed, but that that second point was really powerful of and also having an understanding of the cost. Because yeah. you're right, the, the companies who, and the teams who do it really well, they understand that. Yeah. They understand that if we do not take this time, there will be consequences yeah. to it. And instead of just, well, we're just, you know, like we're get the work is getting done. So we're just going to keep moving forward and all of that. More with Carolyn Donnelly in a moment. Okay, one thing that I'm curious about, because I think that um, often, uh, my experience has been, I'll say it this way, that, you know, people who are high achieving, people who have achieved a lot, who are, right, they're, you know, highly driven, sometimes can't recognize burnout in themselves or others, or perhaps are even unwilling. So Mm. what, for people who are maybe listening and going, I don't know that I've ever experienced burnout, or I don't, maybe that is what I'm experiencing. What, how can it manifest in people? What, what are some, some signs that we can be keeping an eye out for either in ourselves or in other people that might give us a clue of like, they're, they're a little crispy. Yeah. So, Crispiness has different levels, right? And um, 
And I say that only because of the fact that uh, oftentimes um, I don't know that I would have called myself um, uh, on a track to burnout when I was wanting to sleep in the in the in the cot, on, mm. you know, <laughs> at work. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have just said, you know, well, obviously, yeah, everybody I'm should, good. right? <laughs> everybody should want to do this, right? And I think that it was. It was because literally everybody else was on the treadmill with me. And so therefore, yeah. when I looked around, right. I was just like, well, this is obviously normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a piece of that. Right. That we really need to acknowledge is the fact that when we're in um, um, when I am a high achiever among other high achievers and we're all literally doing the exact same thing. Yes, it absolutely becomes really, really hard for us to recognize mm. because of the fact mm. that mm. it's in the water we're swimming in. Right. Um, <laughs> and so and so therefore, you know, any number of individuals in that scenario, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, it's like, what are we doing? You know, um, and so but I think that there's a level of. How can we create spaces where we are able to kind of like have those looking around kind of like what that that would give us perspective? Are there any Mm -hmm. opportunities that we would be able to um, be in other circles that would allow us to say, huh, huh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. These these folks are getting it done, but they're not all stressed out and you know, um, and feeling, feeling the way that I am. Um, but, but I think that, um, that, um, oftentimes when we have our head down and we're trying to just get the, the work done, uh, it, it, it honestly is taking moments of, um, life happening that, that gives us those, those perspective kind of things that allow us to be able to say, is this what it's all about? Um, yeah. And I think that that's kind of what happens with with some some high achievers is that they have a life moment that makes them question um, question the you know the ladder that they're climbing up or question like is this all that life is about is me just mm-hmm. keeping busy and keep moving and I think that that because of our shared humanity we'll have those moments. Um, that if we take advantage, it's, it's, it's the matter of, if, of not speeding past those, right? Mm, and mm. being able to say, wait a minute, you know, this thing just happened. Let me, let me be human about it and just take a minute and just be like, whoo, let me, let me reevaluate this a little bit and say, you know, is this really what I want to, what I want to do. And so, um, so noticing that and noticing our stuff that's happening in our bodies, right? Because, you know, burnout comes with all kinds of body kind of, uh, uh, challenges, you know, high blood pressure. Um, there is, um, obviously the fatigue associated Mm -hmm. with burnout. There is, um, um, there is like, you know, insomnia, all kinds of stuff. IBS, like I mentioned, is a mm-hmm. thing for which, you know, people go to the doctors and they say, oh, you're under stress. If you could take these peppermint pills, then this will make yeah, it go away. Yeah, it solves right? it. Go back into the fishbowl. <laughs> go back into that water. And we're like, but what about the thing that's causing the stress? <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that. But it's yeah. like, it's like not rushing past those pieces that are telling you yeah. my body is reacting to something. What's that all about? 
um, anxiety, all of the heart palpitations, all of these body sim- symptoms are telling you that something's not working and it's a matter of us listening. Yeah. How how do we, and, and I will speak because we have a global audience, so I'm just going to speak from a Western American culture mm-hmm. where very high hustle, mm-hmm. right? Very high sense of urgency, seemingly in everything. Yeah. I feel like we're as a team constantly like, y'all, we're not curing cancer. So we're going to just right. take it real easy this summer, right? We're going to just ease into it. I, how, how, do, how, how do we shift or can we? Mm. Is, that's maybe my bigger question because I feel like people who ha- have paused and reflected, you're right. It's because something they've lost someone mm-hmm. unexpectedly or, or even expectedly, right? Like a major life change. Yeah. Or physically, their body's like, you're done. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what happened to me was, you're done. You know, full panic disorder, full, all of that. And, and so there's a part of me that's like, how, how, how do we get better at preventing it? And, you know, and doing the things that we need to do so that, um, you know, I just, I was interviewing um, Farah Harris and uh, about her book uh, in a previous episode. And one of the quotes in the book that I really love is from her colleague, Melissa Douglas, who's a therapist. And she said, delayed self-care becomes self-rescue. Oh, man, that's good. Right? Right? I was like, I need to have that on a wall poster. But how do we, or in your experience, do you feel like it's always going to have to take some kind of trigger for us to pause like how how do we individually start to prevent some of this or notice it or you know like not have to get to a level 10 before we go something's wrong and i need to make some major change and then as an organization how do we think about that man that's good um i think really and truly uh one of the things that I, w- I would say is that um, sometimes for some people it has to get to a level 10 because all the all the blinking lights before the level 10 mm. just didn't get seen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like, you know, um, I feel like I feel like God keeps sending us signs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we we have to either pay attention or. You know, it becomes this thing for which it's just like, okay, well, we don't, we, we rush past all of the, all the blinking lights. And now we're at the place where it's just like, we have to, you have to pay attention. And so I think for some people, uh, it's going to depend on their willingness to pay attention to the blinking lights that came before the, mm. the bigger one. Um, mm. And I think that some of those pay attention kind of signs come in other people sometimes, you know, because mm. I think that if we have um, really good connections where people are are willing to like be really real with us and say, mm, it's so it, it, this is not working for you. Um, yeah. So if we have friends or loved ones who are willing to have those hard conversations with us and we pay attention, then the lights can come on a little bit earlier. Um, but um, but yeah, and, and I think that there's also an opportunity that when the lights begin to come on, that it is an opportunity to pivot and make different decisions. Because like, like one of the biggest things that I 
uh, I think about now that I didn't think about before was rest. Mm. And um, the the absence of rest in my life, and I'm talking about like real rest and 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 it seems so trivial, but like literally in a in our Western culture, we treat west uh, rest like it is literally like someone cursed you out. So true. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean. It's like it's awful. Oh no, trust me. Year, years of me trying to untangle a very unhealthy relation. I mean, just just like this last week, my, you know, my husband, my husband, we had, you know, we were working on outside, and he said, uh, "Boy, we've really." Was, what was the language he used? He's like, "We really earned our sleep tonight." And then he was like, mm, "We don't need to have earned." rest yeah. you know like he caught himself because it's something we're working on because you're again especially in in western american culture yeah. it's like we don't take the time off you know i might talking to a friend of mine in europe and they're like oh yeah i'm like getting ready for a solo camping trip for two weeks and i was like what the hell is that and like and that's just one of many things you're going to do yeah. of and and yeah. So keep talking. Sorry. Yeah, like, no. I'm excited. I'm really glad that you brought it up because I that was actually I was thinking the same thing. And that's where I wanted to to talk was about our relationship with rest. Yeah. It's so unhealthy. Absolutely. And it's funny. You, OK, so one of the things that I uh, that I've come to a realization about, right, there is something called um, a hurry sickness or something like that. Right. And a part of the manifestation of this is that it's kind of um, imagine you're like on this vacation that you've been like waiting for for forever and the first couple of days you find yourself like agitated and angry and you're like what is going on i should be like resting on the beach peacefully and blah 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 you dig a little deeper and you come to a realization that you know the reality is is that you're agitated because of the fact that you're not doing 50 million one mm. things and so there's that mm. underlying like uh, uh that your body is kind of coming down off of the rush 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 go 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 kind of thing the like must do something of be productive right your body's coming down from that mm. and that's why you're feeling agitation and you know you kind of you know um Either the cell phone is still there where you're still taking calls and doing all the things and, you know, or not, and you're in withdrawal. But think about the fact that we're, our bodies are literally going through withdrawal from. I was just, I was hurry. just like writing down the words I've never heard of, thought about, but I sure have experienced work withdrawal. Right. Wow. And I think a way to teach our bodies how to rest is to do it. Um, do it more regularly so that our bodies know what it feels like in order for us to be in rest so that we can move through that in a faster way uh, when we go on vacation and things like that because like like I have a practice of like you know every single Sunday is our rest down day the phones go off or at least my phone goes off we're not going anywhere. We go, we go to go to church in the morning. And then that's that that is literally the only appointment on the books. We go for walks, we do puzzles, we, um, mm. we sit and talk to each other. Um, we we cook a good meal and sit and have conversations. I mean, it's just 
nourishment after nourishment after nourishment in order for us to be able to teach our bodies how to rest so that then when we go on a vacation or whatever, we're like, oh, yeah, that's like the thing we do on Sundays, but it's longer this time. Yeah, that's such that's such a great point. It's boy, work withdrawal. <laughs> it's that's that's it's that's still, <laughs> it, it is a thing. thing. It's, you know. God bless my my colleague Amy, my chief of staff. She she gives me three strikes. She goes like, if I see you in your email, I'm gonna give you a loving warning. Mm. Be like, hey, did you need to answer that? If when I'm on vacation, second one is like, hey, it's the second time. She's like, third time, I'm changing your password. Oh, like that's just that's 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 our agreement. So usually I don't get past the second one, but that you know, and it's and it's not even that I've ever had anyone tell me. I've never had somebody tell me you shouldn't rest or that you only rest to be more productive. But that is the message that we get, especially again, over here, in a way that I know my colleagues who are over in Europe do not get. And that is not the same, right? And um that hurry sickness that's another I'm telling you Jim, it's a thing you're giving me too <laughs> um but i love i love that practice of of resting more regularly mm-hmm. so we can get through that sort of um process much more quickly mm-hmm. and 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 for me what i found is um especially early in my career i realized that a lot of my sense of self Mm. was from how busy I was Mm. and something that I had to really work through both in therapy and on my own is what yeah was that because when people would say Sarah I just don't know how you do it all it's like I don't know either and then it like make me my ego feel really good you know only you know my husband and my family are like you're working too damn hard and this is unhealthy and and now now I do feel like I'm in a much better and healthier place with that Mm. and um, but it took a lot of having to pull out some thoughts I didn't even realize. I still have moments where it's like, ah, oh, is it okay that I'm just taking a nap? Mm. Like, I should be doing something yeah. else. I should be doing this. Mm. And and that I feel like is going to be a constant battle for me is like that little voice that my and those that wasn't my parents. Mm. You know, I mean, they were busy because they were, had five kids yeah. and right. So we were just always a busy household. But um, yeah, so I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, the shooting, right, um, is a whole thing, right? Because I think that I think that whether it was said to us like verbally or not, there is like an underlying. I mean, again, back to the water we swim in the air that we breathe, there is an underlying like watching how other people are living lives and doing and even the like subtle like, you know, um, having a conversation with someone and um, and you're like, I, you know, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> right, right. Even the question. Right. What are you instead of like, how are you going to be? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Think about if someone asked you the how are you gonna be question, you're like, okay, wait, let me let me just make sure that I like <laughs> it would like be like, damn, that's a what? good question. 
And I don't know how to answer that. Let me get my brain around that one. <laughs> um, Gosh, I'm going to like think of that every time I ask, like, what are you doing this weekend? Damn. But we do it all the, all time. the time. We we Jason Frischman, Dr. Jason Frischman, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. Talk, I think it was him talking about men and mental health. Yeah. And right. And he brought up that whole quote of like human beings, not human yeah. doings. I think I might not be quoting the right person, yeah. but. You know, but it's, you're right. Mm -hmm. It is just like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing this weekend? What are you going to do on your vacation? Absolutely. Jack shit. I'm going to do jack shit on my vacation. And imagine, <laughs> and imagine that answer, right? And, and people, and people's reactions. It's like, what? Oh, or is that an option? <laughs> or then they start trying to plan your itinerary. For, you know, I, I know yeah. that they have, you know, X, Y, and Z thing that you could do. And it's like, it's like, did you not understand what I was saying? <laughs> because oh it, my it's God. so like ingrained that it's just like, if you are not doing something, then it kind of is like a mark on your like self, on your worth, right? Totally. And we have to like, we have to come to a realization that that's their thought and what they, hmm. but I don't have to go with that because at the end of my life, I will have been the one to have lived this. Hmm. And so it's, it's hmm. this ability to be able to take the messages um, that are subtle or not so subtle <laughs> that are coming in and be able to say, you know, make a decision that, and I am choosing to move in a completely different direction and mm. that's okay and the and deal with the internal like and what's wrong with you uh kinds of stuff that begins to happen when we start swimming upstream when everybody else is kind of moving in the other direction um and so being willing to deal with the questioning of what's wrong with me am i yeah. all right and just being yeah. able to say yeah I'm I'm doing I'm doing what I need to for me and then it getting more and more comfortable as you do it. I what a um I feel like I need to pay you for this conversation. <laughs> um that yeah, my friend Farah, she will often say don't internalize somebody ex somebody's external narratives nope. and I and I love that point of at the end of the day this is your life. Mm -hmm. You're the one who's experiencing it and you get to choose um, how you show up. And, you know, and, and I think the thing that I've learned is to give yourself a lot of compassion on this journey Absolutely. because the, the beliefs, the water is so strong around mm -hmm. you, right? Like it's so exhausting to swim upstream mm -hmm. that, you know, even as a business owner, right? I mean, as a business owner, I have moments of, oh, I should be doing more. I should be more mm -hmm. active on social media. I should be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and and you have these moments and then it's just like, oh, I'm I'm okay with where we're at mm -hmm. and what we're doing and how we're showing up. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, that was something um, my business coach, Mary, actually, she was just like, what, do you want to be a scalable company or do you want to be like a lifestyle company? Like make that choice and then be intentional. And even though we, we as a company, uh, all of my colleagues and I are very much on how do we build a company for humans? Yeah. What does that look like to celebrate rest? What does it look like to um, uh, slow down? What does it look like to not work crazy hours? Yeah. And, you know, not even that, but just like, 
we don't work more than, well, I do because I'm the business owner. That's a little bit different, but you know, full-time is 32 hours. And, um, and yet, even when consciously that's what you want to give yourself some grace when that little nasty voice comes up, because that's, you've been living in that water for so long. You know, one of the things that I feel like I find, and I've, I've observed this and other people too, who are choosing differently and speaking up and speaking out and like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just going slower. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing less. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to all the events mm-hmm. or um, that often people will respond almost like I didn't realize that was an option. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I want to share a quick story. So yeah. I, I was I was getting crispy. Yeah. This is a couple of years ago. I mean, I always have like I go in cycles of crispiness, mm-hmm. but in this particular crispy moment, um, and I was feeling overwhelmed by the number of people who were wanting to connect, mm. which is like a great, beautiful, like I love talking to people and you know, I'm barely talking to my family and I'm barely talking, right? Yeah. And I'm and 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 my my uh a good friend of mine um she said what if what if what if you sent messages to all those people who are like hey i want to pick your brain i want to go have coffee i want to you know what if instead of feeling obligated to say yes what if you pushed back and said i'm really really flat like i'm really i would you know like i'm honored that you want to spend time with me and setting boundary which is real hard especially for like women i know me as a like midwest white woman Mm -hmm. boundaries is not something we're taught Mm -hmm. um she's like what if you just said right now i'm giving my focus to these three things my clients um they or these two things or like three things my clients my health and my family Mm -hmm. and so at this time i'm not taking on and she helped me draft the like email (laughs) and i was terrified to send this email because I thought, what will people think of me? Yeah. Because you're right, just shooting, right? Like all of it. And what what surprised me was how many people mm-hmm. responded to, oh, that's amazing. Yes. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgot I'd forgotten that. And I feel that way when I'm talking to people and they're like, I'm just gonna do nothing. Yes. And you're like, right, that's an option. <laughs> I forget that's an option. <laughs> Ah, but you know, the reality is when you start leaning into doing that more, then it gets more and more comfortable. Like I, I did not used to be, I did not used to do this particular thing that I do. Um, where I, uh, if I am at like, um, like I know, like we have like a community group meeting thing that I get together with a couple folks, um, with and it's getting late in the in the evening and you know we're we're kind of winding down our larger conversation and i will i will be the person who's just like all right well i love all of you and i'm going home (laughs) and it's just like and and literally literally like you can see people kind of like saying oh uh, one i I didn't even know like she she said that out loud <laughs> and I will be like, good night, good night, and I'm yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and I did not used to be that person. I would like mill around and like, oh, you know, everybody's okay and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it's getting later and later, and I'm like, and I got tired of the internal churn of like 
and I want to go home, you know? Yeah. And I started, instead of internalizing that and like wrestling with it for forever, I started externalizing it and it started uh, liberating other mm. people. Mm. And so the more that I do it, the more that I recognize that it liberates others. And so therefore I do it more because of the fact that I want everybody to be free. Mm. That feels like a really beautiful place for us to wind down our conversation. <sighs> Caroline, uh, we clearly need to have you back. <laughs> like there's so much. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the question we ask all of our first time guests. Okay. Um you know, in the spirit of conversations and how they can change us, yeah. uh, whether it's conversations with ourselves and other people, what is a conversation you've had either with yourself or with someone that was transformative for you? Yeah. So um, in my master's of uh, science and organizational development from Pepperdine, that um, that that whole journey were many conversations that completely changed my life. And I do not mm. say that lightly at all. But I remember time and time again being faced with uh, the questions of what conversations am I having with myself mm -hmm. that is informing how I am showing up in different moments. Mm. And I tell you what, <laughs> I had to come to some reckoning about um, how I'm talking to myself about what's happening, how I'm talking to myself about <clears throat> the people that I'm interacting with in different moments and being able to make a switch in my brain around how I'm having those conversations, whether or not I'm being kind to myself, whether or not I am being judgmental or whatever, um, and being able to recognize that and then being able to notice what I need to do in order for me to shift or have a different kind of conversation, different kind of outcome or whatever, that recognizing transformed my entire life, that understanding that the conversations mm -hmm. that I'm having with myself, that those are impacting the way that I'm showing up in the world, mm -hmm. completely changed my life. I love it. And I love the example you shared at the end, too, of just like I started to externalize what was happening internally, Absolutely. like even that, that is such a gift. <sighs> I, I want to spend all day with you, but we can't. Yay! Next time. I know we will. We will. Okay, so for people uh, who are interested in connecting yeah. with you and learning more about your work, what's the best way for people to connect with you? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Carolon, C-A-R-O-L-O-N, Donnelly, D-O-N-N-A-L-L-Y um, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm probably the only one there. Or you can connect with me uh, on my website. It's um, the same name, Carolon hyphen Donnelly, D-O-N-N-A-L-L-Y dot uh, com. Um, sign up for my newsletter to get little bite-sized uh, pieces of uh, burnout prevention tips, all of that. So those would be the best ways to, uh, to connect LinkedIn or on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing the work you yeah, do and cool. saying yes to this conversation today. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. A quick note of correction to myself, I had quoted Dr. Jason Frischman as being the guest who talked about human beings, not human doings. Uh, and while we had an amazing conversation on that episode, uh, it was Kristen Harcourt who was the one who said that. So I wanted to make sure I gave her the credit that was due. Our guest this week has been Carolyn Donnelly. And I have a list of things that I'm holding on to that idea of we all just got tired of wearing our masks. Also that hurry sickness 
and the work withdrawal, I felt like she was talking about me. And then that practice of just how do we rest more regularly so we can transition through that was just so powerful. And we always want to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So please be sure to drop us a note on what resonated for you. What were moments that made you go, oh, boy. Uh, and you can always do that by sending me an email at podcast at com. Otherwise, you can find me on social media where my DMs are always open. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn, please be sure to send me an invitation and let's connect there. And if you'd like to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show and your preferred podcast platform that helps us get exposure so we can continue to have great conversations and guests like we did today with Carolyn. And another way you can support the show is by becoming a patron. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash conversations on conversations where your financial support will not only get you some cool swag, it'll also support this incredible team that makes this show possible. Speaking of which, let's give them some love, right? I'm in front of the mic, but they're the ones who make this all look and sound good. So to our producer, Nick Wilson, to our sound editor, Drew Knowles, to our transcriptionist, Becky Reinert, marketing consultant, Caitlin Summit Nelson, and the rest of the Snowco crew. I'm so fortunate to work with such amazing people. And just a big wholehearted thank you to Carolyn Donnelly for coming on the show and sharing her incredible insight and wisdom. This has been Conversations on Conversations. Thank you all so much for listening and joining us each week. And remember, when we change the conversations we have with ourselves and others, we can change the world. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Please be sure to rest and rehydrate. Take care, everyone.